Here's part two of Jeff Perrin's look at Forget-Me-Not Flies. So the next item on the list is leeches. Um, and boy, some people might be listening to this and kind of bristle at the thought of leeches. I mean, how gross is that? But, uh, you know, leeches are, are a really important food source for fish in both rivers and lakes. And uh, I think definitely, um, you know, lake anglers, um, lake fly anglers um, are, are going to recognize that as, as a pretty important food source, but maybe kind of forgotten oftentimes by river anglers. So don't, river anglers, don't forget your leeches. Um, they can be very important, uh, you know, and, and more and more people are starting to fish balanced leeches, um, which hang horizontally uh, underneath the strike indicator um, in both rivers and lakes. Uh, that, that was kind of um, invented by, um, you know, the, the great Phil Rally from, from Canada um, and the, the whole idea of the, you know, fishing the leech underneath the indicator. He's got a great story about his, his kid wanting to fish a woolly bugger under an indicator and then, you know, it worked really well and then um, ended up uh, figuring out ways to, to tie with jig hooks and and pin, you know, sewing pins and beads a way to get the fly to actually, you know, act and swim more naturally when it's hanging underneath an indicator. And and that's a very effective way to fish a leech um, in any type of water um, is the, the balanced style leeches underneath a strike indicator. But there's still a lot of play with leeches, like, you know, including woolly bugger patterns um, and, you know, um, um, little, you know, rabbit strip uh, type leeches or pine squirrel type leeches, um, mohair leeches. Um, there's lots of different uh, dubbings. Um, Arizona semi-seal dubbing has so many great colors to match leech colors that you might find in your local waters. Typically, they're around here, we, we usually see them in kind of a grayish black um, or grayish brown. They um, uh, sometimes will be really, really black, and other times they'll be a little bit more, you know, gray. But um, yeah, I, I, I tie a, I tie a fly that um, uses uh, pheasant feathers of a, a secondary feather found behind the main feather on a pheasant skin is called phyllo plume, and that phyllo uh, feather has a lot of fluffiness. It's very fragile, but if you tie it in right. Uh, there's a lot of movement to it, and it, it's a perfect color to match the um, leeches uh, that we see um, on a lot of the local lakes. In fact, at Hosmer uh, last week on a guide trip, it was our number one fly in the morning, um, and we caught some really large rainbow trout with it. And uh, I've also had great success with that fly on a lot of lakes, including Crane Prairie. So. Leeches, lead, don't forget your leeches. Leeches can, can oftentimes be a lot smaller than you might imagine. I think a lot of people fish leeches that are, that are pretty large. Um, you know, there are some large leeches out there, but don't get too carried away with, with the size of your leech. Don't forget that the fish will probably prefer to eat, you know, um, or, or oftentimes see a lot smaller leeches um, in the food chain more often than they're going to see the big gigantic ones. So, you know, don't, don't get too carried away with the size of your leech. Um, and definitely think about fishing some smaller ones for maybe more success. 
Yeah, and I just want to remind listeners or let listeners know these these flies are very colorful. Actually, the as I mentioned previously, the the olive leech with the orange bead head, and do not confuse these leeches with the ones that Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn encountered in the African Queen movie. <laughs> not yeah. the same thing. <laughs> All right, so uh, the next one um, is uh, a food item uh, that is really common in probably all waters, both lakes and rivers. Um, they're called scuds, and scuds are, for all intent and purposes, essentially a little freshwater shrimp. Um, they, they are not technically freshwater shrimp, but they're very similar to a freshwater shrimp. Uh, they are in the crustacean family, um, and they're very common in places like the Crooked River um, and very, very common in uh, in a lot of the lakes like Hosmer, East, and Polina. In fact, when I do a throat pump sample of, uh, of trout that we catch, um, you'll, you'll get a scud, gosh, on, on, sometimes the fish will be really full of scuds, um, but you'll get scuds often um, on uh, throat pump samples on the lakes. Um, and uh, I first started fishing scuds um, back when I first started fishing the Crooked River back in the 1980s. Um, and uh, just a, a simple, you know, sift through a weed bed or, or picking up a, a stone off of the bottom of the river um, will show you that there are a lot of scuds in the Crooked River. At, at one time, uh, the scud population in the Crooked River was much larger than it is now, although I, I do find it to be kind of bouncing back a little bit. Um, um, but the, the scud is, uh, where scuds are found, you're going to generally find pretty fat and happy trout. So that is a great, great thing. Um, scuds, again, can be fished. Uh, they don't have an adult stage. Uh, they are simply a nymph. Um, and they, they do uh, instar, which means that as they grow, they shed their former uh, outer exoskeleton. Um, and then... They're soft for a few days and usually lighter color, and then they'll the harden up. And, and, uh, and as they grow, um, they can get to be about as big as a size 10 hook, and you can sometimes find them in throat pump samples in a size 18 or 20, um, which are uh, pretty darn difficult to match. I, I keep trying, and I can't say that I have a tremendous amount of success uh, imitating those really small scuds, even though I frequently find them and throat pump samples of, of fish that we catch and release. Um, so, yeah, scuds. Um, scuds are, you know, fished, again, uh, underneath a strike indicator um, or fished uh, um, on a sinking line or a floating line stripped. A lot of times uh, when I was um, first fishing the Crooked River, um, you know, as a, as a kid, um, high school kid and, and college kid, I was, you know, using a, little three weight rod and a floating line and would um, fish a, a scud pattern and throw it across some of the pools and, and uh, um, sometimes in the ripples and would actually strip the fly to make it look like it was a swimming scud and have tremendous success with that. And other times, you know, would fish it um, underneath a strike indicator. Back in those days, we were using those little pulsa pinch on strike indicators um, and usually putting it, you know, four to eight feet above the fly, depending on what the water depth was, um, and just dead drifting the scud through the riffles and into the, into the runs and pools. Um, you know, these days, um, you know, scud patterns have kind of remained 
sort of similar. I mean, they're, they're, you know, generally smaller hooks, 12, 14, 16, usually, um, Usually they're tied in, in either an olive or a tan color. And then a lot of times an orange scud um, can can work really well. And there's kind of an interesting theory on, on why the orange scud works. Because scuds don't actually turn orange until they're dead. Although this time of year you'll see a lot of scuds that are pregnant. Um, and they'll have a little orange like egg sac uh, in the middle of it. So it's possible that the fish are just keen in that that orange egg sac, and that's what's most important. Um, it's also um, possible that, you know, the fish may be just eating it because the color orange might look, you know, might look attractive, might look different in murky water, you know, that's four feet deep. It may also look like an egg, um, in all fairness. So that is, you know, that is a really, really important color to carry in your scud collection. So have a few orange ones, have a few tan ones, have a few olive ones. Um, maybe match it in uh, particularly a size uh, 14 and 16 hook. Um, and you might consider in different local waters to have some 12s and some 18s mixed in there as well. Um, but uh, scuds, are, scuds are great and a, and a really important food source for uh, anybody that's fishing the local, you know, streams and, and uh, lakes. And I do want to mention that, um, at, you know, scuds are really overlooked at the Metolius, but um, shouldn't be. In fact, you, you know, I mean, I fish the Metolius a lot and rarely fish a scud, but I know a few local people that use a dark olive scud or almost a black, almost a black uh, scud pattern on the Metolius with good success. So it's a, it's definitely worthwhile to, uh, you know, maybe tie some up if you're a fly tire and try that fly out there uh, this winter. Okay, so the next the next insect that I want to talk about is called a water boatman. And water boatmen are really important in the uh, still waters of our area. I'm not saying that you wouldn't find them in some streams, um, but your, your, your still water anglers are going to find them to be important throughout the year, uh, throughout the, you know, the year when the ice isn't on the lake anyway. Um, and uh, they can be especially important in the spring and in the fall. Um, one thing that, uh, that you're going to notice about water boatmen is that they're, they're kind of beetle-like in appearance, in appearance, but they have these really great kind of kicker-style legs that come out the side that allows them to move really quickly through the water and prey on other insects that they eat. Um, in the uh, spring and in the fall, they actually are able to fly. They develop um, uh, uh, wings um, underneath their carapace uh, and can open, open up their carapace um, and swim to the surface, and the wings can propel them uh, great distances from one lake to the next or from one area of the lake to another. Um, and they're really an important insect to fish. Again, um, throat pump samples uh, show them frequently um, in the fish in a lot of the lakes, particularly Crane Prairie and Hosmer, um, but really almost all the lakes. Um, I will tell you that the water boatmen uh, that we frequently see, though, are much smaller than the commercially tied patterns that, that you would find in a fly shop, including my fly shop. Um, we, we, you know, the patterns that we're able to buy for water boatmen are typically size 12 and 14, but the, the size of the water boatmen that I'm seeing on the local lakes are oftentimes 16 and 18. So that's a huge difference in, in size and the discrepancy of the hook size 
you know, matching the natural insect. And so that's just a, it's just a really, really big difference. If, if you've got, if you got fish keyed in on a size 16 water boatman, believe me, a size 12 water boatman pattern that you bought at the fly shop is not going to match that hatch. It's not going to work. Um, and so it's important to keep that in mind. And we're, you know, we're hopeful that we can source some smaller water boatman patterns because as I, as I guide and, and fish the lakes more, um, I'm seeing just more and more water boatmen uh, uh, in throat pump samples. And I know it's a huge, huge food source for the fish um, in a lot of the local lakes. Next, uh, terrestrials. Um, Michael, you, you know, you read my fishery reports and, and you have been out with me on, on several guide trips and, you know, you and I have a chance to talk about fishing, you know, um, more, you know, more often than, than a lot of people, you know, talk about fishing with me. So, you know, between these podcasts and, you know, text messages and the occasional stop in at the shop or a phone call, you know, you know, as much as anybody, how much I rely on terrestrials in my own uh, fishing world, uh, whether that be as a guide or, or just as, you know, somebody's going out fishing for the day like, like everybody else. So um, I, I probably fish, you know, more terrestrials uh, than, you know, most people um, because I've learned to really trust them, to really believe in them, and to really know that, that that's something that the fish love to eat. And when I'm talking about terrestrials, I'm mostly talking about beetles and ants, but at certain times of the year, I'm talking about grasshoppers, and maybe even at certain times of the year, I'm talking about, you know, wasp or yellow jackets. Um, and they're all important. I would say that, um, you know, beetles are probably the most important terrestrial that I fish, um, and um, that's primarily on lakes, although, you know, I fish a beetle at the Metolius uh, sometimes. I fish a beetle at the Fall River often. Um, ant patterns, I fish a lot at the Fall River, sometimes at the Metolius, um, even sometimes on the Crooked River or Deschutes. Um, a good, you know, good little carpenter ant pattern works great. Um, particularly in the spring, uh, flying ants, um, you know, the carpenter ants, when, when, they, when they have the wings, um, and, and they hit the water in mass. Usually that's in sometime between kind of late May and mid-June. Uh, it takes kind of the first um, near 80-degree day uh, followed um, uh, by a, a night that doesn't get below 50 degrees, and those will start to uh, really come out, and they can create real big feeding frenzies for the fish on both uh, the rivers and the lakes in the area. Um, rivers that have great flying ant opportunities include the McKinsey and the Metolius, um, but they can happen anywhere. And all of our lakes, every single one of our lakes can have a, a tremendously great flying ant opportunity in the spring or early summer. Um, so ant, ants are, are great, including smaller ant patterns, you know, down to a size 16, um, you know, typically black ones. Um, my beetle patterns I'll tie in, in black or brown or sometimes uh, have gray or peacock curl bodies on them with a, with a black foam or brown foam um, over the top to match that carapace. Um, and, uh, um, and then hoppers, you know, <laughs> hoppers are just, in the last few years that I have um, uh, been fishing more and more hoppers on the lakes, I am just constantly amazed at how 
um, agreeable the fish are to come up and eat a grasshopper pattern, uh, even when they're they're not readily noticeable on the bank lines or or you hardly ever see them in the water. Sometimes you do, but more often than not, it's just a pattern that the fish must see often enough and, and go, that's a good food source. I'm going to go up and whack that thing. Um, I love fish and terrestrials of all kinds. And, and uh, um, I, I just can't say enough about all, all three of those, you know, hoppers, ants, and beetles, and maybe throw in a couple of, uh, you know, bee-type patterns, black and yellow bee-type patterns to imitate the yellow jackets. It can be really uh, common around the, the rivers and lakes in September and early October. So in, in terms of fishing terrestrials on the surface, uh, if there's another hatch going on, would you would you still consider fishing terrestrials if say they were, or would you just, or, or would you go to the hatch? Well, I, I think that's a great question, and and it would be certainly a an in the moment decision. Um, sometimes the sometimes the hatch can be uh, confusing. Um, it can be hard to imitate. Um, there may be more than one hatch going at the same time, and you're just not quite sure what the fish are eating. Um, or sometimes they're, they, you just didn't match the hatch quite right. I would certainly try and answer a beetle uh, during a hatch because I I do um, have a lot of confidence that the fish are just attracted to ants and beetles enough uh, that they would um, maybe get out of that that feeding cycle of of only feeding on whatever the hatch may be and 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 eat a occasional stray ant or beetle. Um, so yeah, I would I would try it. I mean, in the midst of a great calabatus hatch and knowing that you've you know already found the right you know um, adult or emerger pattern and, and you're catching fish on it, uh, hell no, I wouldn't switch to an ant at that time. But uh, but I you know if you weren't quite sure, it would be one of the flies I would you know kind of cycle through and try um, and put on you know put on an ant or a beetle. Um, around rising fish that you're not otherwise catching with any of the other flies that you've tried. And, and certainly, if there's and certainly if there's no hatch going on, and if the fish are looking up at all, terrestrials, beetles, I've I have found, you know, are, you know, you may not see fish rising, uh, you know, uh, in in an area, but if you're fishing beetles and they're looking up, they will come up. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you you know, just just working along. The bank line, uh, particularly, you know, from from a foot deep to maybe out to ten or twelve feet deep, um, you know, fishing a beetle pattern, um, you, you're looking for those fish that are cruising, and and they, you know, a lot of cruising fish um, in the right water temperature um, are going to have their their eyes open towards the surface. They'll see that beetle on there, and then just kind of slowly, you know, oftentimes slowly, sometimes fast and aggressively, but more often kind of slowly rise rise really gently to that fly and and eat it um whether that's a natural or your imitation and they're gonna they're gonna eat that fly and and uh and think that they've got a great meal so kind of one final thing to think about when we're you know when we're talking about the forget-me-nots um are egg flies um right now you know for instance in the metolius river uh we have you know thousands and thousands of kokanee that are spawning so egg flies are going to be really popular uh, fly patterns to, to, you know, match that hatch, so to speak. Um, and, you know, kind of throughout the wintertime and springtime, egg flies are one of the best flies that you can, you can fish because 
you know, you have, right now you have kokanee spawning, you have brown trout spawning, you have brook trout spawning. Um, in a month, we'll have whitefish spawning. And then throughout the winter and spring months, we'll have rainbow trout spawning. So they're, they're you know, for about the next six months, there's kind of constantly eggs that are going to be in the drift and most of the rivers and streams in, in the region. Um, so an egg fly, um, having an egg fly in, a, in two or three different sizes and maybe a couple of different colors, sort of a really bright orange and then more of a dullish yellowish, yellowish orange um, can be great, great flies to have uh, to, um, you know, kind of round out your selection of, of the forget-me-not type flies um, going into your fishing year. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jeff Perrin. This has been uh, really informative, and, and you've, you've touched on a lot of flies that I really enjoy fishing. Good, good. Well, I, I uh, certainly enjoy fishing them, too, and it's always fun to try to figure out what uh, on any given day the, the fish are doing and, and how we're going to catch them. Don't fish Don't fish Don't fish today. Gone fishing, gone fishing, gone fishing, gone fishing, my troubles away.